Welcome to the Andrew D'Angelo podcast. Constant Constance. Each week, Andrew, renowned jazz saxophonist and brain cancer survivor, invites us to look at the many worlds of his guests with conversations that cover all the arts, human resilience, a little bit of politics, and a lot of humour. You can't fail to have a fantastic time. Yo, folks, we are here with... uh... Do you want to be Sharif or Snugs? Oh, the other one. Doesn't matter. All right. We're here with Sharif, and uh, I'm going to have Detective McGrath on my show, and I just wanted to see a perspective from Sharif on what he felt about the, the police and so forth. Yeah, you know, I was I was saying um, to you that um, I agree with um, the uh, Jimmy Dora's point about cop culture. I, don't, I also feel that not all cops who start out joining the force are bad. Some cops are obviously are bad and they, they, um, they sign up cause they want to go around shooting people. I do believe that there are people like that. I do, but I also agree. There are cops who do join the force who do want to who actually want to be, who actually want to do good. Just take case in point, let's look at Serpico. Serpico left the country because due to the fact he wanted to do good things. And obviously he got booted. He got, he had to be forced out of the police force, whether it's, whether his doing or, all the other people's doing, but he obviously left. Um, but the cop culture forces you to behave like the other cops. So whether you agreed with that point or not, or whether you are part of them when you first come in, you are eventually are going to do two things. Either you're going to join them or you're going to be murdered. You're going to be removed somehow. Quit, retire, whatever. You're going to join that cop um, mentality. So reason why... Um, people get mad when people talk about all cops are bad or say that I understand what they're talking about. They're talking about the culture. They're not necessarily talking about that one individual because I do believe there are cops. Some cops are good, but I don't, but the point is they're not going to last long. They're going to either join with the rest of the mob mentality of, you know, the bad cops, or they're going to be booted off the force. They're going to do something else. They're going to go into being a bodyguard. They're going to go into secret service. They're going to go into the military. They're going to go be maybe a fireman. Maybe they do, uh, you know, um, being a marshal, they're gonna move, they're gonna move from the system in place that cops are from because cops people don't realize cops started out being um, started out as um, being racial in this country. Um, the the ruling class got cops to be slave catchers. They got cops to go after Native Americans, black people, the other, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So cops never worked on our behalf. Cops never in this country never started out serving. Um, what we'd like to believe serving mankind, serving the, um, the, the working class. They serve the ruling class. So if Amazon was around back during slavery time, that's who they would hire to protect, make sure they don't um, strike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that's one thing, you know, a lot of people don't realize that law enforcement is not designed for us. It's designed for them. And if you understand that concept, whether or not that, if I went tomorrow, <clears throat> wanted to sign up as a, being a black person as to be a law enforcer and being a cop, I would also have to fall in line or leave because you don't have an option. You don't. You just don't. Think about it. If America, if the cops were so good or the culture-wise, not to my individual, I'm talking about the culture, um, was so good, they would be helping the protesters in any protest, but they don't. They help the ruling class. So just, just keep. I always like to tell people, keep that in mind. If cops are good, 
why they're not helping people make sure they get food, make sure they get water, make sure they get clothing, make sure they get housing, make sure they do it. If your job is to serve and protect the community, why aren't you helping people who are most vulnerable? So if you don't answer that question, if you don't ask that question, you're missing the you're missing the argument of why people don't like cops. Because the number one thing that cops first thing to do is that they protect um, the corporate elites. They kept the ruling class. They never protect the working class. I've never had a, been in a situation where I feel protected in my community by law enforcement. Never, never in my life. They all I'm always painted as being um, a criminal. You know, I told my son, you know, recently because he wanted to be a cop, but I never like kind of like directed him to um, go a different direction. He's seeing that now after the whole George Floyd thing, that's not a good idea. And I told him, I respect you more if you can join the military. I have never, I have no problem with our men in the uniform. I just have an issue. I have issue with the cop culture. I don't have an issue with military. I don't have an issue with Air Force and stuff like that. And I'm maybe a little biased because they don't treat me with like the enemy. They treat me like an ally. But I know when they go elsewhere, they treat them like enemies, obviously with the whole Iraq war and things like that. Um, but I just feel like men in uniform here in our country need to treat us like the like an ally, not an enemy. When cops walk the beat, you're an enemy. You're not someone they look to as someone they um as an equal or anything like that. They look at you as um someone they need to take out. They're all, they're they're on high alert all the time. They're all, they're already tensed up all the time. Um, what, the number one people who um who are white beaters are cops. Why is that? That's crazy. That's just tell you right there. Right. That's kind of like the programming that they get um, to, um, they kind of lash out because of that. You know what I mean? They don't know how to deal with that. I even have friends of mine, um, and I know that cops are bullies, and <clears throat> I bring that point too, is that I have friends of mine, when, uh, when I was, especially when I was younger, when they see a cop, they kind of like tense up because they, it was like, they know cops are gonna fuck with them. And I was like, you know, just calm down. You know, you know, if you kind of like let them do their thing, you know, don't make yourself automatically look like you're up to something they won't bother you even though they are going to fuck with you just kind of let them yeah but that's fucked up that you have to even have that thought right I no mean... for sure no for sure for sure absolutely so if i if i'm like you know if when D detective mcgrath the police officer comes on this show and I, I mean, do you, what question would you ask him? Is he looking at you more suspicious because you're, you know, a, a, a black American or is it on your side? Are you more paranoid? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I actually know the answer on my end, but I'm just curious. Like, what would you what would you say to Danny McGrath, this detective from the NYPD? Like, what would you ask him? What would you want to know from him? You know, and kindly, please. Mm -hmm. But if you no, want to get. I would ask. No, I would ask him simply. I would ask him, do you think the cop culture needs to be changed? And if he understood what I was talking about, I would know based on if he understood. I would cut, for me, if I had a podcast interviewing him, I would say, do you think the cop culture should be changed? If he told me no, I would, I would, try, to interview, I would try to get the interview cut shorter. Let's say I had an hour with him, I would spend maybe about 20 minutes with him. Because I already know already that if he believes that the cop coach is great and there's nothing wrong with it, then I, I would cut my time with him because not to be like a douche or a dick or anything like that. If you're a person that thinks that the cop culture is fine in this country, me and you have a problem and I don't have, I, I don't want to talk to you. That's just me. So that's be the first question. Do you think there's a problem with the cop culture? 
because that's being nice. That's just not even like attacking him or attacking anyone. I was asking him that, do you think the cop coaches need to be structured? And then based on that answer, I'll know where to take the interview. And then the next thing I would do, I would say, do you think cops should be defunded? And if you don't think cops should be defunded, that would be the two questions I would ask. The first question would be, do you think cop culture needs to be ratified? And do you think cops should be defunded? And if you don't, those two answers should give you a, a benchmark to let you know where he is. Um, and if <clears throat> if he answers the question, and again, not to be a dick and not to be biased, if he answers his short, cop culture needs to be ratified and be changed, then I would take it longer. And if he said yes, the cops should be defunded, then you know, obviously me and him, our ideology is lined up. But every question, I would follow up with a question with a question. Like if he said, once he answers, it's not a thing. I said, why do you think that? Everyone, why do you think that? It would go in further to give the hear him talk and get more of the more uh, more from him, but. Those two questions would dominate the interview because I would want to know the rest of the country feels this way. Why don't you feel that way? What if what if it's what if it's like this, Sharif? What if um, mm-hmm. you know, with Detective McGrath, what if he and I, I'm just intuiting here or my instinct or whatever, mm-hmm. what if he says, Yeah, the cops are pretty good, you know, we catch the bad guys, we protect our neighbors, you know. Yeah, we're we're pretty good people. You know, what if he goes that route? Then what do you do? I mean, do you right. like do you dive in and go, come on, man, you guys are, you know, racist fucking assholes and you're like serving the elite? Or do you just go, okay, cool. So well, well no, I would I would I would piggyback off the fact I was like, yes, cops um are important to our community to serve. No one no one doesn't want anyone to not have cops. I just I would say that full stop because I believe that. If you ask anybody, if you ask any black person in the community, no one really wants to get rid of cops. I don't care what they say. No one really wants that. Just that's not a thing. Okay. But what they do want <clears throat> is cops to, the, the, what people do want is to make them feel like you want to serve the community and not make them feel like they're a criminal. Um, so if he said your cops are good and he got a given answer, come on, man, we serve and protect and do all these things. And I, so I'll follow up with that. Well, I was like, so if you feel that way, you know, why do you feel that people kind of have like a negative slant on law enforcement? I was just kind of kind of follow up with that. Because, I, again, I want to dig into you. If you have that ideology, then what's the problem? Why is there a disconnect between cops and civilians? You know, where's that coming from? I would like to, you know, because I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but also try at the same time. I want him to understand that that is the argument people make. Why do you feel differently? You know what I mean? Right. And, and so um, our, our friend, uh, sorry, I can't say her name. Our friend asks, you know, she said, even if you have Detective McGrath on, he can't speak the truth because he'll get fired. Well, so like he won't be able to actually be himself unless you put him, you know, under a, a what do you call it? A voice, you know, scrambler and stuff. He won't actually be able to speak his truth. Well, he could, in a way, and if he was a smart cop, not to be insulting to him, but to say that, yeah, sure, there are things that cops can do that can be better to better serve the community. You know, he could say it that way. He could be very vague about it without, like, speaking truth to power. He could say, yeah, sure, there's there's nuanced ways we can actually um, help the community. There's always room for improvement. He can say things like that. He can have a very uh, politic kind of politician kind of answer. Right. You know what I mean? He can say yeah. that, sure. He can say that. Um, 
So that doesn't that helps the cops. It also helps the community of people who don't want to say anything negative about cops. Because I have a friend of mine who um, her dad is a cop, and she gets mad when I talk about cops. But I talk about that. I'm not talking about your dad. I'm just talking about the cop culture. So you have to understand there's a difference. You know, it's like saying like, it's it's like getting it's like getting me it's like me getting mad if someone talks about Amazon because I work there because my girlfriend works at Amazon and I say Amazon does this to people. Don't talk about Amazon. I work there. Like, right? Okay, so that's whatever. So that's the truth, though. We would like when we lie about it. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, you're you're basically. I mean, you're a filmmaker. That's what you are. I mean, right. in in my vision, you're a filmmaker. So all of these incidental, you know, jobs or whatever is going on is just you know until you get to that moment where you know your film, whatever that film is, is people right. are like ah. Oh, He's a filmmaker. Right. So, but it's interesting because I think that, you know, for the most part, the cops, uh, maybe politicians, maybe other people in higher up places, they don't see the bigger picture. They don't see you as an artist. They don't see me as an artist. They just see like, you know, we're like, just do your job. We're like a pawn on a chess table or something like that just do your mm -hmm. fucking job. And I'm like, I think we're better than that. And right. I, I am so tired of talking about police mm -hmm. that I'd rather talk to a cop. Right. I want to talk to Danny McGrath. Detective McGrath. I want to hear what he has to say. And by the way, man, he will paint a picture. I won't right. have to do much. I'll just right. be, okay. Right. Yes, sir. All right. Fine. Right. That's why I said those two questions kind of opens everything up. Right. Because you don't have to do anything. Those two questions says everything you need to know. I don't I don't know how many questions you had or any ideas you had, but I just felt like, you know, the two questions I would ask, you think cops are overpaid? Uh, the um the um cops get um, too much funding and also to talk about you know cop culture i think those are the two best arguments to talk about only due to the fact that that will let us know the conversation because i've had people say that oh like people who say defund the police they don't know how do you know that cops give too much money how do you know that you know where's your information where's your data to back yeah where, well, yeah where are you getting the information from right. like somebody right. for once when somebody posts on social media, defund the cops, they get paid too much. I was like, just post something, some data, like, you know. And so right. I'm like, why don't I just talk to a cop? Right. And it's a cop I've been working with. We have two thieves in the neighborhood, or we did, uh, one white, one black, and they're both doing different things. They're stealing packages and garbage cans and all kinds of shit. And, and it's like, so I've been in contact. I actually caught them. I don't know why it was me. But I'm, you know, been talking to Detective McGrath and I'm like, I, I would just like to ask him, right. like, do you think you're overpaid? And he's going to say no. Because well, no, what uh, my argument is when I say budget fund, when I say budgets that cops get, I don't mean salaries that the actual cops get on the street. I think they're underpaid. If you ask me personally, I don't think cops get enough money. Hmm. But at the same time, I think that we have way to we do too much policing because cops, in, the, the cop budget in New York City is six billion dollars. Wow. I don't think people know that. It's $6 billion. And he, might that. Not, he may not even know that either, but you can ask him that. Um, you can look it up yourself. Um, David Siroder, um, he's a journalist. He brought that up. I know and, him. Uh, yeah. And he brought that up. They get $6 billion. And that's because of the over-policing of New York City. Because we believe that more police means safer. And that's not true. There's no data to prove that. Because cops are, are out there. We're a surveillance state. 
that's the issue. We're saying we're all, we're over militarized because again, we want to make Americans feel safer. But that's just um, a signal to the American people who are not paying attention. Who are the ones who are paying attention that you know we're becoming a more of a military state? And that uh, shut the hell up. If you do anything else, you speak out of turn, we're coming for you. That's what that is. Right. That's exactly what that is. I was uh I was in um Argentina, I was in Buenos Aires playing a the festival there, and you know, it was great. And but they had cameras up all over downtown um Buenos Aires, and they also all the cops kept their lights on not their sirens but they and i was like is there a crime going on and and he goes no the cops just want everybody to know that they're watching right and that's coming that's coming now that's coming you think that's coming to the united states that's coming to us for sure i mean isn't this a surveillance state i mean you and i with our phones and i'm on my laptop now and nicole Mm -hmm. saying you know you can't record this because you know but i was like don't we kind of want everybody to know what we're talking about? This is good stuff. And Nicole right. goes, no, turn off the recording. And then I asked you if I could turn it back on for right. this conversation. And you're like, cool. Right. But I mean, isn't this surveillance? It's well, kind of- well, the reason why Nicole is saying that because she knows that if anything were to get out, obviously something can happen to her. Because I don't know if you heard about Australia. This woman got arrested off Facebook. She just said that she wanted to protest. And the cops came for her. Yep, I know that's coming. That's that's going to start happening here. Okay. And so that's where that whole you know funding for cops are coming and the militarizer of of a police force. That's why, that's why people say defund the police because the cops should not be militarized. Right. Get get that funding away. Put that money if you're going to do something. Put that money into cops' actual salary. Then putting that into militarizing them, if that makes sense. Instead of giving them more ammunition, more gear, more things to police the street, lessen that budget, put that into use, like into that cop salary. Cops don't get paid a lot. Let's be honest, they don't. They don't get paid a lot of money. I make close to what cops make annual, uh, yearly in New, York, in, um, in New York City, which is like ridiculous. I make about 40, 45,000 cops make break that started. Right. As a server. So that just tells you the value that they even have of the actual cop. So the problem is the system, not actual the cop itself. So it goes back to the cop culture. They want to divide us against them. That that's who. That's, you that's you think it's intentional? You think yes. they actually want that? Okay, fair enough. I I mean I'm not uh, disagreeing with 100%, you. I'm just asking. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's interesting. I, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no I was going to say, we, you want a society that wants to work with our law enforcement, our fire department, our nurses, our doctors. You want a society that we all work together, not to be divided. Right. We don't want you. Know, who wants a society where cops feel, and even us feel, I can't call a cop. If you ask people in my neighborhood, I used to live in East New York. They have a problem. They won't call a cop first. I asked my uh, ex-boyfriend, uh, as I said earlier, who's a Peruvian first-generation immigrant, if somebody broke into his house, if he'd call the cops, and he said, fuck no. Right. Everyone feels that way. Really? Yeah, people feel that way. So know what neighborhood you go to. Like, if you go to my old neighborhood, maybe the neighborhood of your ex-boyfriend, they, he feels that way. The city, he probably has the same neighborhood that I used to have. 
Right. The first thing we're going to do is not call the cops. We're going to try to resolve the issue ourselves. Yeah, that's exactly uh, you nailed it. To be honest, because because <laughs> you nailed it. Because what the cops are not going to actually say, and what you see in the media, what you actually see, what happens, is a totally different story. Totally different story. And so that's the reason is because cops automatically have this villainous kind of perception of like, what did you do for that to happen? Kind of attitude. You know, they automatically think that you're a criminal and that this is probably some like beef that you had with someone else. You know, versus like other that's, friends of that, mine. That's sad. The they have, they think that, you know, they feel the number one thing is call the cops. Because cops are not going to vilify them as the other or the enemy. You know what I mean? You know, so that that's that's why they feel that way. I don't want to call someone who thinks that. What did you do? Where, where, are you innocent? Why right. can't, why are you broke in your house? It'd be like it'd be like going to uh, and okay, like white guy. You know, like uh, analogy here, but it'd be like mm. going to the store and and like trying to buy something, and they're being like, "What did you do wrong today?" <laughs> right, it, right. it feel it feels like uh like utter paranoia like so what'd you do today that wasn't legal or something shit like this i don't know i'm just trying to right. like i'm trying to bring i'm trying to bring what you're saying into a world where people are in denial and and right. if i do end up getting this cop on my show and being able to talk to him in a really you know a way that he can understand, not right. not in a way that you understand, but in right. a way that I understand. So I'm like, you know, Officer McGrath, like, are you guys fucking racist? I can't say that. Right, I can, I can, but it's not it's not going to help the cause. No, What's going to help the cause is be like, do you kind of think some people are naturally like doing something wrong already? Like before you even like, right, you know, right. I'm just trying to paint a picture of me. Well, and, and it goes and it goes back to the whole George Floyd situation of how why a lot of people don't understand why the George Floyd situation was significant, was important. There's not a black person that I know that don't think George Floyd is a criminal. He is a criminal. No one's going to deny that he's a criminal. The problem is, is that cops feel that because he's a criminal, that they can tr do whatever they want to this actual person. They use it as a cover of saying, this is how you handle, this is how you take out a criminal. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be the law. You're supposed to be the example on that community, and you're not. And that's the problem. You're not setting a good example. So yes, George Floyd is the criminal, but we have a process, right? So we don't want to be the Wild Wild West. We don't want to be a society where we don't have rules and regulation and law. There's a due process, and cops feel they're above the law, that's how, I, that's how I personally feel. And the whole George Ford situation got out of hand because here's a cop who took his privilege and um, took someone's, took a man's life and justified it because he's a criminal. Okay, no shit, he's a criminal. But that's not how you handle criminals. Right, you don't have to do that. I mean, all right, right. the guy's a criminal. You don't have to do that. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. You don't have to right. kill the motherfucker. I mean, right. could so do... people are saying that why are we celebrating a criminal? Why are we celebrating criminals in America? Why are we doing that? That's how they spin it. That's how they spin the story. Yep. And they're missing the point. It's not about we're celebrating criminals. We're saying that cops do that to black people regardless if he's a criminal. We're celebrating. We're showing. We're showing solidarity because that kind of shit has to stop. So Dude, regardless, <laughs> there, are, there are. I have. 
I know people who are are uh, black and brown, whatever, and you know they're in prison just because they were had weed on them. It's fucked up. They didn't. Okay, they're criminals. They were carrying an illegal substance, but it's weed. I mean, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Happens all the time. I had people tell me that, oh, Brianna Joy Gray, well, not Brianna Joy Gray, um, Brianna Taylor, um, boyfriend, was a drug dealer, um, obviously, and um, they were saying that, oh, like, she was also helping him and stuff like that. I was like, okay, and? Yeah, right, and so? Even, even if that's true, that's irrelevant. And then, like, oh, they, she, um, he, um, she, um, they wasn't asleep, they shot, they shot first. I was like, first of all, A, there's no evidence of that. And B, even if there is evidence of that, them firing, you know, like uh, relentlessly, bullets blazing, firing off the place is the reason why she's celebrated because the cops ha handled the situation unlawful. There's nothing about how they handled the situation, <clears throat> excuse me, Sorry. that seems just and seems rational in a civilized society. And so when we come out, to support this because and I try to explain it to people, it was like why why these two situations got magnified. And I said, I'm explaining to you why. They're not, they're, this is not this is these killings are no different than any other killings that happened that's been going on. The reason why, excuse me. <coughs> oh, well, thank you. The reason why they um got so much media attention is because a black people and um I'm tired of this situation happening, but also to now you get on camera and the world can see his proof, his evidence of what we've been saying. And that's the problem. Right. People have been saying that for so long. Cops don't do this. Cops don't do that. Cops are innocent, blah, 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 blah. These are just black people just doing wrong <laughs> shit <no>. again. <laughs> it's not right. true. Right. And now it's we have so evidence. It's fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing yeah. at it. I'm just laughing yeah, at no. the ridiculousness of the fact yeah. that we, over the last you know, 200 years or whatever, we haven't been able to see this shit. And now people mm. can hold their phone up, you know, and like film. And right. we're like, oh, okay then. So this right. is happening. And a lot of cops hold, a lot of cops um, um, cover their um, recorder. In the right, their, bo their body cam or whatever. They hide, they hide their body cams. Yeah. Say was, which is like, we was told, like, which uh, they said that the cops are not allowed to not, um, hide their body cams anymore. I was like, okay, we'll see how well that works. I don't believe it, but okay. Yeah, but I mean, if, if if somebody like I mean, I'm wearing headphones. Like, if somebody just happens to you know cover the body cam by accident with a a, a tie or you know a right. scarf, like, hey, right. I don't know, man, it's got covered, right? But the right. reality is, right. the the thing that that I want to extract from this, other than everything beautiful that you said, is that you, Sharif, and maybe you got you you walk around like you see a cop you're like oh, i might get busted for something i don't right. know i'm not doing anything wrong and right. like whereas me when i was a kid coming up you know i got caught drinking on the street like a beer or whatever and they're like eh, just move it along you know right. it's okay but like right. as a black kid they might be like you know they might kill you or you know whatever something in between right. and with me yeah, huh? stopping first. Um, everyone, every, um, every black kid will tell you stopping first is probably the worst error to be uh, to be a black kid in New York City. In what? Or the worst error, the stopping first. Oh yeah, and that was very prominent. That was just awful. That was just awful. Right. 
I'm that was sorry. Awful. I'm sorry. I'm that fucking sorry about that shit. Yeah. Man. That was that awful. Gross. Yeah. No. But I, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to understand, you know, the reality that there's I. No sim- and there's no sympathy about it either, because like Bloomberg apologized for that a long time ago. He apologized already. All right. But yeah, he only apologized because the judge told him to. The judge told him to stop. It was a court order. Right. And that that is different than a real apology. Apology, right? He's like, yeah, I apologize because they told right. me to. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I apologize, but but I can't apologize, you know, enough for the fact that you know I know I've been busted, right? Like three times for weed, maybe, and drinking definitely on the street, you know, beer, and cops are like, move it along. I was like that right. kid, the kid with the rifle. What's his name? Uh, that shot these people. Oh, um, too. Um. Yeah. um yeah, yeah let's not let's not mention his name because he's right. not worth <laughs> not worth the entertainment. Right. But like, I I know the cops be like, all right, well, you know, right. just move along, Andrew. Right. But that's not the experience that you have. Right. And Nicole's wife, uh, Adam Cooper, he does not have that experience. Right. And it's like it's like what? Like right. I, I mean, you know, I think we're all just seeing this happen, kind of like a Broadway show. It's just like live, you know. Like right. okay, all right. Oh, this just fucked up. Right. But the question is that I have, man, is like, what do we do? Like, is there a solution? I mean, Jimmy yeah. Dore is yes, yeah, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think there I think there is a solution. The problem is that I think corporate America and um the lab dog politicians will, will, will fight against it. Cause I think there is a way for the community at large can work in hand with cops. But the problem with the problem is, is that they don't want to. I really believe that <coughs> easy solution. Excuse me. And it's, and it's not even a. It's not even a cost. It's not going to cost them anything. They just won't do it. And you can't say how are we going to pay for it. That's the only one argument. They just they're won't not going to do it. Yeah, they won't do it. it. No. And the simple solution is that the community at large gets to hire cops. Full stop. Like we actually be allowed to pick who could be sergeant, who could be a chief, who could be head of the unions. You know what I mean? We actually are part of that process. That don't cost anything. I just says that we're allowed to remove and hire a cop. Full stop. That's it. That's it. They'll never let that happen. It doesn't cost anything. It just says we can pick a vote. Right. That's it. Doesn't cost anything. It's free, absolutely free. You're like none, none of what you're suggesting costs anybody anything other than their energy, right? Like that's right. just that's just it. Like your vote or your right. opinion or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't right. cost anybody. You know, cost a thousand bucks to make this decision. No, we're just asking you to participate. That's it. Right. Right. Like you and me here. There's, we're just. Part- there's not one person in my community. I have to speak for everyone in East New York. I can speak with, I don't live in East New York now. Right now I'm staying with my aunt um, in Jackson Heights because obviously because of COVID, um, she can't really get around, obviously get around as much. So I have to do a lot of um, helping her around the house and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so, but if you ask everyone in East New York to take a, take a vote, just to vote on the idea, hey, if you allow to be part of the process of voting and for hiring a cop, would you be involved? There's not one person would say no. Right. Not one. Not a one. 
Guarantee that, not one. And so let's go back. Sorry, go ahead, man. Not said to be all for it. No, go ahead. No, but I mean, it's going back to what we were talking about before we started this conversation is that, you know, leadership and that's the whole thing. It's like moving forward and like, where's the momentum? And that to me, that's what's missing. And I am not that person. I like doing this. I love talking yeah. to you. I love talking to, to my friend, Nicole and Adam Cooper and, and my musician friends and, you know, celebrities and stuff. I have a good time, but we need somebody who's just out there. I mean, what? Even, even one thing too, that's one thing. And another thing too, that they'll never do. It won't, it won't cost them anything either, but they'll never do it. Hire cops who live in your community. That's all you have to do. I guarantee you, I promise you that I will take the Pepsi challenge. I will bet any amount of money on 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 any earth. That's that fine. It's good. But sorry. if 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 you if you say if you hire a cop who lives in your community, right? So you can only hire cops in New York City. They're not allowed to live anywhere else, right? Again, to solve the problem because that cops kill a kid or kill someone. I know where you live. I know where your life lives. I know where your kids go to school at. I know where your aunt lives. I know your grandmother lives. You live in my community. You live in my neighborhood. So I can come to your house, knock on your door. Why'd you do this? That solves the problem, right? It doesn't cost them nothing. All it just says, from this day forward, if you live in New York City, you can be a cop. You can't live anywhere else. You can't drive anywhere else. You can't live in Long Island. You can't live in Westchester. You can't live in New Jersey. You have to live in the city. So if you do something wrong, I know where you live. Right. I find you. Um, and you have to live, and you have to be a and you can't live. And you, like, say, if I, like, for the 13th precinct, whatever, um, that was like, um, that was in um, East New York. You have to live in that community. You can, and I, I would even narrow it down to you can't be, you can't be a cop outside of your district. You have to live in your district. Like, even, you, I would even argue that you can only have people serve their community. So literally, like, and people are like, oh, what if, what if, what if they don't have enough cops in that um that community? Great. Okay. That that that's that's due to the cops now not having more outreach. Reach out to your community and say, hey guys, we need more cops in my community. We need you to step up and join the force. I'll be for for that. I'll be like you have military go to schools and go to college campuses. I'll be for say, Hey, we're down ten percent of our workforce. Can you guys sign up to be a cop? We need this. We need our community. Great, but you know what? That's not the problem. That's the always argument you always hear because more policing is not the problem. The problem is that they don't want cops. Um, they don't want people in their own community serving the community because they're afraid of quote-unquote bias. No, what they're afraid of, of is an uprising. What they're afraid of is people working together in solidarity. They don't want that. They don't want cops that, let's say, they don't want, let's say, my brother or my uncle or whoever was a cop to be in the community because if I have an issue, I tell my brother, hey, there's a problem. They don't want cops speaking on behalf of the community because you don't have that. That's what the problem is. They don't want that because, again, they want division. So we have the answer. The answer is here. We just don't want to do it. And it doesn't cost anything. That's free. Zero dollars. Zero. Uh, the zero. This is just emotional. It's just an energy. It's just, uh, it, it's, it, right. as I say, an exchange of energy. But, uh, right, it's like your aunt or your uncle or whoever, you know, like, what are you doing? 
Andrew, right. what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. Right. I'm, just, I'm just like, you know. You know. Imagine, imagine if you lived in your community, right? Imagine you live in your community, right? No matter where you live, right? Let's say of all of like, um, let's say like uh, Midtown, right? Right. And let's say the cop, the the, the, police, the precinct in Midtown, right? They the cops there can only be hired unless you actually live in that area. How likely is someone going to harass you or bother you as a cop? Very slim. They probably don't do that anyway. But it'll be very, very slim. Why? Because it says, well, I know your mom. I know this person. I know that person. I don't want to, if I go to church on Sunday, I don't want the, the pastor or anyone else harassing me or bothering me. Why are you bothering this person? Because when you're too insular into your family or into your community, you're going to watch what you say. You're going to watch what you do. Because you don't want to be bothered on a daily basis. You're going to check yourself. But when you have cops you've never seen before, you don't know who this person is, Please, your community, you can say and do whatever you want because you don't have no backlash. No backlash. There's no there's no social um, repercussions for what things right. you say and you do. Right. None of that. So that's, that, that's those are the two problems that can be solved. You can keep the budget. If you want, if you if you want these, if, you want, if one of these people say don't defund the police, if they do those two things, right? The first thing, let people vote on who gets hired, who gets fired from. From the bottom up, and recruit people from their own community. I guarantee you, no one will complain about cops. Guaranteed, one hundred percent. Wouldn't even wouldn't even happen. That's a clear. That would be a thing of the past. It'd be a thing of the past. Right. So, do, do you, um, um, uh, Shree, you know, just to an, an amazing. Um, lame, but just to understand my audience, when right. you define a cop, what is a cop? Like a police right. officer, like what is their job? And, and try not to be angry with me. Understand no, that I'm, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with here. And we're just like, well, I mean, the police just like, you know, they give out tickets, you know, speeding tickets, or, you know, they just kind of do what they do. Like, in your opinion, what is a cop? Or if you have a more elaborate, you know, description. No, um, no, not at all. I don't have a problem with that. No, I would say cops, um, in my opinion, they serve the ruling class. Their job is not to serve me. I think their job is to serve the elite, so serve, solve people with money, solve the world of class. So, and it still goes back to the history. Because when I was a kid, I used to think, what most people think now, that cops serve me. Cops serve the working class. They're like pro they're protecting you as the working right. class. Right, right. I used to think that when I was a kid, but as I got older, my opinion of cops changed due to my interaction with cops. So that my my, my talking points are not like other people's talking points because I I know black people personally. I know black people who have that same opinion. They don't believe the whole like cops are like the enemy and cops help the ruling class. Because they come not to be mean, but they actually come for money. And so because they've never dealt with I dealt with, there's a disconnect. Because I don't think it's just a racial thing. I also think it's a financial thing. Because I actually do have friends who are black who come from, I don't want to say they come from wealth, but they come from some sort of privilege where they never was stopped by a cop and was harassed by a cop. So they're not going to have that perspective. Right. They're not saying that's a. They're not. They're not going to disagree. That's not a problem, but they're going to not. They're going to not come at from an angle 
that says that oh cops are not their ally because they believe that because based on their circumstance so it is a financial thing because cops and even to, to, to some degree in this neighborhood i live in jackson i'm saying with jackson Heights with my aunt cops here are relatively okay they say good morning to you and i'm and i'm not used to that i'm not used to that right. i'm not used to a cop saying good morning to me when they walk down the street because this neighborhood and where she lives is a little well to do so in their mind well you're coming out of this building because this building here is, you know, has a wealth. Because my aunt, you know, she was, she come, she um, she worked for the Social Security office for years, so she can afford the building she's staying in because she works in Social Security for several years, and so they see that they assume, oh, you come for money. Let me not bother him. Good morning. So there, that is association there. Let me not bother him because I don't know who he knows, and so we have to know that's what they're thinking. We have to we, we have to be honest about that. That is a thing. That let me not let me let me not touch the wrong buttons because I don't know who he knows. That building has you know has people live that live there that are important. So let me say good morning to this gentleman. You know what I mean? So they do respect the person. That is a thing, and people need to realize that. That's not hyper. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. That is a fact. Um. I don't know which one of your children is in the background there, but you got to bring them on. And let them <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, I want to be on the camera, man. Dad's on the camera, man. But uh, you know, I, I guess you know, I, I mean, we all want a uh, a resolution. I, that's a bad term because it's a political term, but we all want a uh, some kind to to like finish this all off, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if there's a way. I don't. I really don't, man. No, I think so it is. I mean, I, not to sound like an optimist, you know, not to sound optimistic. No, be optimistic, man. No. That's the only reason I'm alive. Is because <laughs> I was optimistic. No, if because a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends feel like there's nothing you can do about the cops. I said, no, slow your brakes, slow your brakes, slow your brakes. There is, there yeah. is a solution, and it's and it, and, it, and it is a way to solve the problem. I just don't believe that they'll do it. And again, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. All this is just saying how you about is all about the hiring process. I really believe that this really comes down to the hiring process. I think if we just do two things, just allow the community to vote in. And I'm not saying have like I just say have these committees. I do believe in committees. I do believe that if you allow people to vote and who can be a cop and who and about be part of the hiring firing process. And just allowing allowing cops to come from their own community, police their own community. I really think that it just solved the problem. I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's I don't think it's complicated as everyone makes it out being the news. Right? That's why I don't watch the news anymore because this is a it's very confusing. It's very nuanced. No, it isn't. It, it really isn't. It's not complicated. I mean, yeah, maybe from your perspective, but from my perspective, it seems complicated. And then when I tell my friends i want to have a cop on the show and they're like you're going to be you're racist and i'm like no i'm not i just want to hear what a cop has to say not 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 to be not to be rude to your friends but i think that's completely short-sighted and ignorant i completely think that i think that's the wrong way to have it i think it's the wrong attitude thank you i appreciate I, that i really I appreciate do that because i because because i said the thing to my friends because my friends think that there's nothing we could do about it i was like mm, you gotta stop thinking that way that's not you, true right you there is something you can do about it Dude, and right, when somebody right. says hey man you're gonna die from brain cancer and i'm like no i don't think i am 
And right. so then I know I've said that a million times in this conversation, but anyway, right. I like, I like, you know, shining my light, whatever, but right. I'm like, you know, maybe we just need to engage with the cops instead of fighting. No, absolutely. Them. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and give absolutely. them a hug and just say, Hey man, no. you know, I just want to know, like, do you hate fucking black people or, no. like, you know, Hispanic no. people or whatever, like, you know, like let them or faggots like me, like, you know, right. go ahead, have at it. And if they're not willing to engage, fine. But right. if they are, which I think detective McGrath would be willing to do, I'd be like, all right, so how do we work this out so we can just all get along? Because it's no, crazy. No, and again, I don't think that's like a fool's errand. I really feel that, you know, I, you know, I may, I even may sound like a broken record too, but I really feel that. No, the, you're rocking it, man. You're the, the part, part of the, part of the um, solution is just being engaged with cops. Seriously. Just being part of the process, just working with law enforcement in the community. And I think that being being involved with them and being part of the process of like, okay, let's talk to, let's say, the police community or whatever. Let's say this word of argument, say that's the name of the name of the group, and say like, they also, we can't hire this cop because the community hasn't talked to us yet. That to me alone just solves the issue. I don't, I really feel that being engaged with cops, being engaged with law enforcement, being part of that process, I really saw ninety percent of the problems. Right. I really I, feel. I really feel like ninety percent of the problems would just disappear. I agree. Yeah. With you and um, yeah. other than that, my you know ex boyfriend broke up with me, but it's just like I'm. I'm like really. I mean, I just I, I think engaging is the best thing we can do. Like, I mean, if we just all sit back and bitch about life, then what good is that so um do you have uh you know like let's close it off do you have a final statement yeah people or you know something you want to say you know uh, in regards to um you've said a lot in regards, but... in regards to cops or in regards to uh what was someone earlier anything man whatever you want to say um yeah i feel that people in general we have a lot more power than we actually believe we do and I just think that the reason why we're, the working class is not successful is due to two reasons. Um, one is one is fear and two is knowledge. Because I think people who are not knowledgeable about the fact that we actually can do stuff, they don't do it because they don't know it. They don't know we can, they can. And I think other people who are knowledgeable, they know they can, they're afraid. Guilty as charged. Yeah, and I think the other third reason might be a little bit of both. Because I just feel that revolution comes in depth. And I think once you start to understand that, um, for on a knowledgeable side, who people are knowledgeable, they don't want to do it because they know what they know that death is more inevitable. Because I think that if you look at JFK, RFK, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Gandhi, you know, they had revolution, but they had to die to make sure it happened. And I think that in order for us to get what we want, death has to happen. When you say that to people, they look at you like you're crazy. And I said, well, look at George Ford and Breonna Taylor. They died. They're not here anymore. You know what I mean? They're part of the revolution, whether they know it or not. Um, and that goes, look at how many, look how many many uh, millions of Americans who died of COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you don't, if you put that into context, if we actually had a national healthcare system where those people have died, Maybe, maybe not. We don't know that, though. The problem is that 
the healthcare revolution, this is we're part of it, whether you want to know it or not, and more people are going to die. And if you get, saying it out loud just sounds awful, but it's true. More people are going to die between now and the end of the year if we don't get healthcare. So this push, you have to push forward. That's the whole argument. The argument is that we have to push forward. We have to know we can push forward. Don't be afraid to push forward. And I think the reason why we don't have it, whether you know whether we get it later on or not, it's irrelevant. I just think that we just need to know that we have to push forward. You know, people are scared, and I just think that um, people are scared, and people are not knowledgeable. I think it's both. I think it's those both of those two things because it's not just both. It's not just one or the other. I think it's both and a little bit of everything. I think I think that people need to know that they can do they can do enough. And I do think some people are just don't care because they feel like you know, hey, I just have money, or I hate, like you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but I just think that people need to be uh, more vocal. People got to get big mad or something that me and Ricky says a lot when we're in the street. I said, don't get, just don't get mad, get big mad. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's time to get mad, right. but I also I also feel like you know a, a running theme in our conversation has been yeah. has been we need a leader. And like, why aren't you the leader? You know, I mean, why don't you step up and be the leader? And you know why? Because all these motherfuckers get killed. They do, but, as you well, said. I, and, and I'm, and I, me personally, I don't mind as 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 weird as this may sound. I told my buddy, I told my friend Roman this too. I said, if I was as 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 as, as knowledgeable and as, as as charismatic as Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, I'll definitely be the leader. I will have no problem to die for the cause. As weird as that sounds, like, you know, I'm, I'm watering myself in a weird way, but I wouldn't have a problem. I know that I don't have 11 million Twitter followers. If I did, I would do it. I wouldn't have no problem doing it. I just don't have the influence where it would, where it would matter. You see what I'm saying? If I die yeah. tomorrow from, not from lack of health care, it'd just be another story. Right. But if I was someone important, it wouldn't be another story. It'd be a symbol. And that's what you need. You need a symbol. You need someone who's in the trenches, who's a symbol. You don't need another body, you need another symbol. And that's the problem. We respond to symbols. Everything about America is about symbolism. You need a symbol. You need someone to be the symbol. And if you don't have it, it doesn't matter. And this is what I was saying about, and I understand, um, um, I forgot, um, I'm having a brain fart. She was just here. Um, Nicole? Nicole. I forgot her name for a second. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, I understand her point about, um, not getting in the street, but I disagree with that wholeheartedly because people respond to fire. People don't respond to videos. I'm not saying uh, me asking for a video is adding to everything. There. It's not one or the other. I don't think we should just have the video in a um, in response to not having a march. I feel everything needs to happen, and I think that adds on to everything. I don't. I wouldn't. I would never say just do a march. I think we should have a march, we should do sit-ins, we should have protests, we should write letters, we should do this, we should do this. We should do everything in the kitchen book. Leave no stone unturned because people respond to fire. People don't respond to water. People respond to fire. So if you you gotta you gotta amplify and enrage it because eventually we'll get it, sure, but we want it sooner than later. Right. That's just my my takeaway from that, you know what I mean? I just yeah. feel, you know, I just feel like for those of us who can't be there, obviously we don't want you to be in the street. Obviously, I don't want people. To, I don't want my aunt out there, <laughs> you know. I want her out there. I want people who can't be out there, don't be out there. But for those who can, 
I want them out there. You know what I mean? I, you know? Well, if you're not get, if you're not going to be the leader, I agree with you on all that. But if you're not yeah. going to be the leader, then who would you vote? Like, if you had to make a vote, you know, who would you want to lead the movement? Like, who would that be? Who is that? Um, if this, it's not you, which right. I think you could be, but anyway. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Seriously, I really do appreciate that. Um, there's a list of people that I would like who could be the leader, but I don't know if they would want to do it. I think Cornell West could do it. Yeah, Cornell, definitely. Um, Richard Wolf could do it. Chris Hedges could do it. Jimmy Dore could do it. Um, Nick Brana could do it. Um, Brianna Joy Gray could do it. Lee Camp could do it. Um, Killer Mike could do it. He's a rapper. He could do it. Uh, Justin Jackson could do it. Right. Chris Small could do it. Right. So if, like, you know, tomorrow, you know, or whatever, within the next week or month, you had 11 million followers and people are like, all oh, right, man. you know. I lost you. Hang on a second. I lost oh. you for a second. All right. Repeat that again. Are, are we there? No, I got you now. Okay. If if tomorrow or in the next week or the next month or whatever, you had 11 million followers and we're like, Sharif, man, you lead us. I mean, would you do it? Or is Yes. It no, I would definitely do it, and I'll ask. I'll tell him I'll write a will. Okay, <laughs> I would have a will already, because I promise you, I'm not. I'm not surviving. I'm not. I'm dying. Okay. All right. That's, that's sad, but but I understand. Yeah, because I don't think that I don't think we make that uh, without more people dying. And and if I'm speaking truth to power, and I'm coming after the oligarchs, I'm coming after the um, big farmer. You know, think how much money they make a year. Big farmer. That's a trillion dollar empire. Right. Think about say it out loud. We're actually trying to take out the empire. That particular empire. You don't think they're gonna murder someone or come after someone who's trying to take away that money train? That's not possible. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hurt someone. They're gonna come after some people. It it's a uh to put it lightly, it's a drag that you have to think that way, but I understand what you're saying. But it's a drag. Right. And right. I know that's a light way of putting it, but like, really? Oh man, that's a fucking drag. Like, right. That, you know, I, my friends, like you said, your aunt, or uh, I can't remember your aunt or, or your mom or something has lupus. Yeah, my mom has lupus. My right. mom, she, my mom, she gets out and she gets out and about. It's just that um, she doesn't have anything that's going to causing her, Technically speaking, to leave the house because she does because she still works. It's just obviously her health insurance is just so it's you know obviously like everyone else is so expensive. That's why she doesn't mind talking about it. Um, but my my aunt, you know, she can't, you know, she has worse conditions than my mom. She can't be out there on the street like that. You know what I mean? So you know, for people like her, you know, <clears throat> that's why I want, you know one of the reasons why me and my girlfriend were over here. You know, she can't be out there like that. We went. I went with her out there. That'd be ridiculous. So let's, uh, I mean, seriously, man, um, you know my conditions with my neighbor here and the death. So I need to just do some hugging. So mm -hmm. what, like, what's, I, I would just like to be positive. What's the positive moving forward? We have healthcare for all. Everybody's okay. Your aunt, your mom, my sister, your mom has lupus, my sister with lupus and my my friend has diabetes and Nicole with her situation. Like, let's just give everybody love and everything's okay. I mean, I don't know. Is is there positivity that we can put out there or not? 
Yes, absolutely. I don't think this fight is negative because I, I speak to a lot of negative people in regards to this, and I'm bulletproof to this because history makes me optimistic. I think if I didn't have a sense of history, I don't think I would be optimistic. I think I'm probably negative too. Not to say their truth or their history is false. I just don't believe that if we if we are serious about pushing forward, I don't think we can lose. That's just my personal opinion about it. I think that women's suffrage happened for a reason. Civil rights happened for a reason. Um, the, um, the New Deal happened for a reason. These events happened because people literally risked their lives and died, obviously, to make sure and, they happened. And they, and they had a positive outlook. You know, about it, right? They were right. like, we are going to be able to vote. We are going to be able to have civil rights. And, you know, for me, the gay movement was a big deal. You know, Absolutely. I knew, uh, Israel Fishman was a part of that movement. And I knew right. him, you know, the uh, what was that back in the 60s? I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it was all about, you know, we can make this happen. And I think sometimes... Uh, all right, be good, guys. All right, there we go. There's some kid love. All right, that's good. Daddy's doing something very important, man. Right, they're going to um, they're going to a friend's house. Um, my son's birthday. My son turned four yesterday. He's going to a friend in the Harlem um friend house to play games. Or Is that safe or what? No, they're fine. Yeah, they, um, they go to school anyway. Um, unfortunately. Um, they do Zoom sometimes, but um, they go they go to school. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, you know, we have to because if mom and dad doesn't um go um do I'm out of work, but my girlfriend she goes to work. I mean, if she wasn't working, I don't think we would be able to be surviving because she works at Amazon. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little fucking crazy over here too with that the work thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I mean, you're not the first person on. Well, I'm going to say this podcast, you know. To talk about, like, yeah, I haven't worked in a year. Right. It's like, you're not, uh, it's not unusual. But I, you know, I think that all these people, you know, with their positivity and, uh, you know, wanting to change the way things are, you know, we have to. And um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's hard, it's hard to see. It's hard to see things that's not in front of your face because you're talking, you're, you know, you're talking again, you're talking about taking down an empire. And when you talk about that, right. Yeah. And you don't, ha- you, yeah. you don't have any money. You don't have any resources. You're, who are you? Who are you? And so the idea is comes, it comes across as you're, par- naive. you're fucking paralyzed basically. Right. It, it comes, it comes across as naive and, um, and um, ignorant to a lot of people. How are you going to do that? You know what I mean? How you do the attitude is like very dismissive. How you gonna do that? Yeah, that's the attitude. That's true. You know? that's true. And so you have to, and you have to be bulletproof to that. You have to know history and say you know come back to them with, with information. Like, well, how did FDR do the New Deal? How did women's suffrage come about? How did civil rights come about? Rosa Parks didn't say, you know, this is not possible. She sat in the back of the bus. She sat in front of the bus for a reason, because because she had influence. You know what I'm saying? She had. She had the influence for when that happened that would spark something. Because the March on Washington when Dr. King was there, that didn't automatically just end civil rights. But that was like the push they needed to amplify it. You know what I mean? All these different things, all these little um, ingredients is going to make the soup, to use a food analogy. You know, you need all these little things to build up to that, you know, that great dish. You know, and I think that 
by eliminating <clears throat> one of them or like not being positive, you know, because we're talking about positivity, you know, that ruins the dish. You know, you need to be positive. That's going to work out. And you need to keep pushing. But I think most people feel, have this attitude like that it would have happened already if, if that was going to be. And I, I think that the ruling class is successful because Americans are apathetic and Americans are ill-informed. Right. And yeah, 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 yeah. We, we don't. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt your thought. No, it's fine. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, you know, thank you for talking to me and uh, thank you for talking to me. And I just was curious, you know, in, you know, in double conclusion, because we already concluded, like, you know, is you want to say goodbye, like, or, you know, you know, let people know, can we direct people? Can you send me a link to a website or something that people can find what you're talking about do you have a, a website yourself or um i just started a twitter page i mean a twitter handler um just for force to vote and just for like medicare for all and just i've been linking and connecting with people so so i give uh, i have an email people can email me at snuglife at fastmail.com that's kind of like i use that for like kind of activist work you know, so I just have an account just for like, just for that. So if anyone and engaging in like in protests, anything with activism, I just I have that. So that's snug life, all one word at fastmail.com. And then I have my Twitter handler is at I am four M four A. So I am for Medicare for all. That's my Twitter handler. Okay. Um. So people are gonna uh, tweet out, tweet out to me there, and I just basically that my I use that handler just for. Medicare for all, and just for like um, anything to do with their like, health, and just uh, people just understanding why we don't have healthcare and, wh- and how to push for healthcare. And I just think that ultimately, I hope that this is a great unveiling on Brandon Masking that we need to have a true d- democratic society because we don't. Um, something I, I, I'm I've been trying to get my friends of mine to realize. Like, you ever thought? I said, you ever thought? You ever wondered how you can vote for your president, but you can't vote for your manager? Right. That should that should just tell you where true power is. The power is not with your president. The power is with corporations. If you're allowed to vote for a president, but you're not allowed to vote for a manager at Walmart, that should tell you who has real control. Simple as that. It's just simple. How do you allow to vote for the most powerful position on earth, supposedly, and you can't even vote for like some lamo at Walmart or like Burger King or McDonald's or anything like that? So just tell you where the priorities are. Let's just tell you, not where the priorities The priorities are is with the ruling class, is with the corporate elite. They don't want you part of that process. They don't want you part of the democratic process in the workforce. You can't be a democratic society if you're not allowed to be democratic everywhere. It just shows you that's a sham. It's a failed system. It doesn't work. So, and, and as you get older, you kind of realize that. You kind of understand that there's something wrong here. Something don't feel right. Not something that I think most people should take away from that. Um, absolutely love you, and I I hope people connect and Thank you. whatever. I, I love you, man. I love you. I don't know. It sounds weird, too, but I love you. No, 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 it's not weird. No, it's not weird when people build because we're building. When people are building and working together, it's, it's just love. It's beautiful. No, right. I love that. And um, I'm a thousand percent in. I I I'm really excited about this. This is amazing. This is. That's probably the best news of 2021. (laughs) Good, man. All right. Love you. And uh, have a great day and night and everything. And take care of your family and everything. 
and I'm sorry your wife is annoyed, but you know, <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, we, it happens. We get annoyed. Yes, we definitely do. We definitely do. <laughs> no. All um, right, brother. Man, love you, man. Love you too. All right, I'll yeah. talk to you later. All right, definitely will. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Constant Constance. Tune in every week for new conversations. And if you want even more, check out Andrew's Patreon for more exclusive content and additional conversations. Hosted and produced by Andrew D'Angelo. Edited and mixed by Lucy Little. Original music by Andrew D'Angelo and Maximilian Moore D'Angelo. Intro is Henrietta Weeks. Thanks so much. See you next time. You fucking yeah, you fucking rocked it. Like she doesn't she doesn't know she says podcast, right? Like she doesn't even